welcome back everyone to First Gist Table Talks with Leslie Mendez. On today's episode, we have a special guest, Brent Garrett, who is an alumni from Arkansas Tech, graduated in 1988, and he now owns a business called Sirius Plumbing and Air Conditioning. Mr. Garrett, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Sure, Leslie, thanks for having me with you. And from here on out, please call me Brent, okay? So, um, my journey to Arkansas Tech led through, I, I moved from Illinois to Northern Arkansas and um, in Mountain Home, if you guys are familiar with where that is, around the White River. And, um, and so um, I was there, moved there when I was a freshman, I think, in high school. Um, so a little bit of a shock to come from the Midwest to Northern Arkansas. Um, a lot of challenges there um, for somebody coming in that um, is a Yankee and um, really enjoyed the natural beauty of the state, did a lot of fishing and that kind of thing. And, um, I, you know, kind of skip over it. But um, my whole goal was to play in the NFL. I want to be a, um, a college quarterback and, um, and, then, and then go on and play in the pros. Um, I, I, w- I had a couple barriers there. I was um, very slow. I had a decent arm. But um, my dad moved me to Yellville my senior year to get some playing time. And um, I just learned that Caroline's uh, from Marshall and uh, we played Marshall and, um, but uh, had a good season there and coach Steelman reached out to me um, and offered up moving to uh, Arkansas Tech, moving to Russellville halfway through my senior year and I did it. So um, I started as a student halfway through my senior year in high school. Um, so I guess we could say I did graduate from tech. I think we can call me a high school dropout um, at this point and moved on to tech. And um, so Arkansas Tech didn't, um, I didn't choose Arkansas Tech. It kind of it kind of found me and chose me and it was, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So I think that gives you a little bit of background on how I got to tech. So being a first generation student, um, what were some obstacles you faced while being in school? Well, that's a great question. First thing I would tell or share with you is that I was not um, prepared for the college education rigor. I was um, I, you know, I had okay testing scores and I was a um, C plus to B student. And I just want to get it out there that, hey, guys, um, you know, grades are important. It shows your work, but it's, it's, um, the biggest challenge is that, and for me is that I was, I was really not prepared for college and, um, you know, I didn't have an environment at home that made that a focus. Um, so that right there was my first challenge, um, was trying to understand how to complete and get the work done. Um, one of the big mistakes I made was I didn't ask for help. Um, so um, one of the things I would encourage everybody is, is to um, seek the resources that are around you. Um, and I'm really excited to hear that Deidre's in place. What, what your office provides, I didn't have when I was at Tech. So um, uh, that, would, that would be the first part, is the educational piece was a big hurdle for me. Um, I think the second piece is, is that um, if you don't have a, uh, an understanding of what the path is to complete school, um, 
And, you know, I couldn't really call from my parents. They had never been to school or uh, uh, university. And um, so um, the, the, the path is not clear. Um, you know, and, and we, we move one generation next. And, um, you know, my, my daughter graduated from Mercer in Georgia. She was a lacrosse player. And um, I hope they never see my tra uh, transcript because I'm so proud of them. Um, she was a, a D1 lacrosse athlete and, um, and an uh, NCAA Division I academic All-American. Um, now, they were great students and that was awesome. But I think what I was able to do is call from my experience um, of going through school and understanding what challenges they would have and to be able to talk through um, some of those um, in school selection, those types of things. So um, my suggestion would be the minute you hit the ground at Tech, I would go to Deidre's office or try to get tied in and, um, uh, and because they do know the path and, um, and then do your best to try to develop relationships um, with your professors, develop relationships with other students that might be going through the same thing, you know? Um, but because I will tell you, for me, it was kind of quiet desperation. And there was one moment where I almost dropped out of school. Um, not because my school wasn't good, or my, my, my education wasn't good, or my classes and my, and my grades weren't okay. It was just, uh, there were a lot of things going on. Um, and without really the university president and a couple of folks in um, student affairs and um, uh, a number of things, I probably would have dropped out. So um, would have been the biggest mistake I'd ever make in my life. And I know <clears throat> um, Deidre might be able to add more to this, but I know that the biggest hurdle is getting through that first year. And um, if, uh, if you hear one thing in this whole podcast is, um, not to, it's certainly not my quote, but Churchill said, never, 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 never give up, um, would be, would be the piece. Um, so, um, those are some of the obstacles, um, financial, of course, um, uh, I've found the river Valley to be extremely supportive. Um, I, I, I at sometimes I had two or three different jobs. Um, this painting behind me um, is not a political statement. It's to remind me of Carol Watson and Norman Watson, who I worked for at uh, Norman's Men's Store. And right next to that was um, the Shin Funeral Home. Not exactly uh, the choice of every student to go work, but um, Johnny Morgan. Not only were they supportive and gave me a job, but they helped me understand the path. Um, huge mentors. So, um, hey, uh, finish school, um, go see Deidre's office and, and make a connection quickly. Understand the first year is going to be tough. Um, the only thing you commit to is you just are going to keep coming back. Um, one of the things I tell folks here in our company, um, if they join the team, and it's, it's kind of funny because they don't, I'll, I'll look at them the first 90 days and I say, look, you got one job, you know what it is? And they, they look at me like, well, you know, do my work or say whatever, because they're trying to, 
maybe impress me. I go, no, you just need to come back tomorrow. Just keep coming back. After 90 days, you'll start to understand it'll be fine. So um, I would just say to first generation students, just keep going to class and keep coming back. You know, so. Guys, I'm a little windy sometimes. I can't say hello in like five minutes. So you can stop me at any point. These are all great questions. Thank you. And so what do you think are some similarities and differences that you experienced when you were in college and first generation college, college students today? Well, I think, um, I think some of the problems are um, not generationally specific. I think some of the problems of, of, um, of not, not knowing the path I mean, let's face it, if you have um, if you have a mentor or somebody to call upon a family member um, or a parent that's finished school, um, there's a general understanding about what you're going to hit. You know, you know, there's this euphoria being a freshman and having a big time and general studies and maybe um, having too much fun and not focusing, you know, on some things. Sophomore, you're trying to get your general studies done and you're trying to trying to get through and understand, you know, what do I want to do with my life and what do I want to study and declaring a major. And then I think you hit the wall the junior year where you just, you know, it's hard to focus. And then and then you got senioritis and it's right around the corner and then you got to go get a job. All right. Or decide to go on and, and keep going to school. Um, but um, I, I would just tell you that I think the similarities are um, it's a, I'm reaching for the words of what it looks like. It's, it's a quiet, silent desperation inside um, of, am I doing this right? Am I on the right path? What am I doing? And, um, uh, and you're getting challenged every day. Um, not to get a job, you're, you're, you're there to learn how to, how to think and have two competing thoughts in your head. And, you know, I, I talked about the, the flag and I'm not going to go political. I'm, I'll just let you know, I'm an independent voter. And, um, I have people that come into my office and they go, Oh man, I love your painting. And, and I already told you why I love it. And they draw a set of assumptions about me by looking at that. And, and, and that's by design back there. But it's it means so many different things. Um, I would say the biggest thing to learn in school is to have two competing thoughts in your head. And understand that a perspective of someone else, it, our job is really to understand that and make our own decision about what what is right for us. Um, that didn't have anything to do with accounting. OK, I mean. Um, I would tell, I've told people I wish I had taken more liberal arts classes, but my favorite classes at tech were the ones that challenged me how to think, how to look at the world differently. And um, so I don't think those things change. Um, when you go home and you talk to your friends back home that may not understand the path, you're being challenged to think in different ways. You're being challenged to look at um, people differently, lives differently, to accept and ask questions. 
that may not be a well accepted view when you go back around the kitchen table. You know, my advice to you is don't get into a throwdown around the chicken or, or the baked potatoes, okay, at home. That's gonna happen. Um, Lord knows it happened for me. Um, so I, I think those are shared things. I, I, maybe the differences for um, students today are, um, there's so much data because our world's gotten so much smaller than when I went to school. If you think about it, um, I was in my th early 30s when the internet was just emerging as a tool. And, um, and so we're, you know, 20, 25, 30 years later, you can guys do the math and figure out I'm kind of old, beard's gray. Um, but I think you're getting so much information. How do you process it all? Um, I don't come from the standpoint that, hey, you just need to, to leave it and put it down and get away from it. It's how do you use it as a tool for, for yourself? Um, you know, I, I bet you could um, Google first generation student and find out the top 10 things to do. I mean, it's just information is so available to us. So um, I would say that's probably the big difference is how we use technology, um, how we connect. My son's traveling uh, or studying abroad um, this semester. He'll be graduating. Hey, I don't have any tuition payments here in about six months and I'm done. Um, but, uh, you know, we we talk and, and communicate and he's making relationships, but through technology, he's going to stay connected with the world. Um, that wasn't available to us when, when we were going to school. So I would say that'd be a big difference. Thank you. And before we move on to the next question, I did realize that you mentioned how um, the previous question, what was an obstacle? And you said about like dropping out. And you know, I, you know, are first generation students and parents and professors. So I do want to um, agree with you how sometimes you think about it, and, you know, now I'm a college student in 2021 and you know, you graduated in 1988. So, and it's the, like, we had the same thoughts because you know, there are days where, I mean, I'm a straight A student, but it's just sometimes where like I'm involved and it's just with a lot of organizations. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I have to put myself first and I'm just like, but I am a first generation student. So it's like, if I were to drop out, my parents are going to be like, why are you drop, dropping out? And it's just like, well, you don't understand, you know, my parents are sometimes like, you're in school, you know how to do this. And I'm like, actually, I don't because <laughs> I don't. I was like, my whole life, you know, I've been the first one, you know, my parents are the ones who's like, can you help me do this? And I'm like, mind you, I'm a child. And so it's like, you know, the whole, this whole pathway has been like, up to me and my people looking up to me. And so sometimes it's like, you know, you think about what others say and not put yourself first. And I feel like many college students today, like think about that same thing, like why am I in school? Like school's not for me. But yet, you know, in my case, I'm a straight A student, but yet those thoughts are still behind my head. And like, you know, I'm like this is too much sometimes. Like, it's all like, I really don't need a degree because I mean, you know, you there are other fields that you don't need a degree and people are successful. And I feel like that's something important, but I know that, you know, graduating from college, it's gonna be, 
one of my greatest accomplishments in my lifetime. So, and I just want to put that out there that, as you can see that, you know, uh, Brent said 1988, he was planning to drop out and here I am 2021, having the same thoughts. And it's just like, you know, like you said, you never give up and just keep pushing every day. And, you know, and so I really do, I really like how you said that. And I hope our listeners can relate to that. So thank you for that. So now moving on to our next question is, what advice would you give to the first-gen students at Tech or just college, college students in general? Yeah, that's another good question. Let me do a little follow-up, uh, Leslie. And I've got some friends who have their, their name is spelled differently than yours. And there's a big difference between Leslie and Leslie. And I didn't catch that on the front, so I apologize. But um, Leslie. Um, what I want to let you know is the reason I stayed in school, and I found this out after the fact, possibly even after I graduated, that there were more people on staff, both administratively and um, professors, that deeply understood what I was doing, what I was going through, and I don't think that was unique to me. I think what makes tech different is over time they've understood and they do understand how important it is to stay connected with with the students. Um, I think I think the school is much more a stay on campus during the weekends than it was when I was there. Um, it's pretty much a suitcase, camp, a suitcase campus that wasn't available to me. So on the weekends, you know, it kind of looked like a ghost town at times, and then everybody come back, you know, on on Sunday night. Um, I don't know if that's the case, but I've heard that there's more, there are more people staying on campus um, with COVID. I don't know how that changed, but I want you to understand that the tech community um, was deeply involved in, in what, um, uh, what kept me in school. And it resulted in a meeting with Dr. Kirsch. And he just said, that, you know, he just slapped me on the knee and he said, and I'm still emotional about it. But he said, you are not quitting. You know, you are not going to leave campus. And um, I wouldn't be where I am today without that. So um, back to your question about advice to give um, first generation students at Tech. Um, I think we talked about it. Find and seek help. You're not alone. You know, it's strength to ask for help. It's not a weakness. Um, one of the things I would tell you, whether it's in your completion of school or going through your process, one of the things we do here at, at Sirius and throughout my whole career is focus on progress, not perfection. Okay. And I want to share something that's um, uh, something that I found that I believe in is when you are starting to um, be critical on yourself. It's a great exercise to go sit down and say, where was I five years from now, five years ago? And, and start writing down the things that you've accomplished over those five years. What, where are you today? Okay. And the first thing I just hey man, I got into college. I mean, that's gotta be, that's, that's progress, right? Here's my point. Whether it's right now or 10 years from now, if you focus, on where you're not. It's like looking at a horizon line 
and racing to something you can never get to because you get 10 miles down the road, guess what? There's gonna be something else you want, you wanna get to. You know, Maslow said, you know, in our hierarchy of needs, we're, we're <laughs> food and water and shelter and now we want, we wanna get better. Um, you know, Maslow said, we wanna be better off tomorrow than we are today. Well, if we look at that horizon line and all we do is look at where we're not, it's a negative zone. It's critical, okay? Um, if we start focusing on where we were and where we've come, that's the positive zone, okay? So focus on progress, not perfection. Perfection will absolutely beat you down, beat you down. Focus on progress, not perfection. And, um, you know, I just kind of referenced a book that was written in the late 60s called I'm Okay, You're Okay. It talks about a critical parent in your head versus nurturing parent. And you have three conversations going on in your head. And if you can turn that critical parent off, okay? And I'm not talking about your parents at home. It's a conversation you have in your head. If you haven't read the book, Leaders are Readers, go buy the book, read it. It's still as relevant today, um, but focus on progress, not perfection. And you know, the third thing is the goal is to finish school, okay? If you don't have the best grades in the world, if you, um, um, you know, you don't get through the way you wanted to or, or, or however you look at that, that diploma says you can start and finish something. And hopefully, my hope is, is that you come out with the ability to see the world differently to see each other differently and to have two competing thoughts in your head for the rest of your life. Um, I think perspective is probably the most important thing you can have um, at, when you leave school. So um, I probably have a list of other things, but I think those are the most important ones I'm off the top of my head. All right, thank you. So now these are questions, the two questions are left are just about your business. So tell us about that. So now that you have your own business, what are some obstacles you you faced owning a business? Hmm. I would tell you that Arkansas Tech um, prepared me and set um, my trajectory in life, meaning um, the path that I took. You know, I would I would call upon being a quarterback in college and hitting struggles with multiple knee injuries and then, um, you know, getting through school and and um, being involved with the community and working and learning different skills and that kind of thing. Everything you're doing right now is building a foundation um, for your future. And it's more about experiences. Um, and, you know, really just getting knocked down and, and getting up, okay? Um, you know, the odds of, of starting and owning a successful business are not good. U.S. Department of um, Labor Statistics are 100 businesses that go into business today, only five of them will be in business five years later. Let me tell you what, there are better, there are better odds at the blackjack table over in Vegas. Okay, so understand how are you going to get into that five? Well, number one is um, I think get a foundation 
and I would my my biggest advice, and I was talking to the school business, um, which was a blast a couple of years ago, um, was um, never take a a job for money. Okay, take a job for what it can prepare you for, what you can learn from it. Because let's face it, we're all we're all gonna we're all gonna make some money um, from what we do. But those first 10 years, um, I, I personally would not advise you um, and try to stay away from that. But my, my advice would be is, is don't start your business right out of school. Um, there were, uh, and I started mine at 24. So I'm speaking from experience. Um, we were fortunate to get through it, but I will tell you that I wasn't ready. Um, um, I was, I mean, to be to be totally blind, I, I, I was roguish. I didn't understand how to manage and lead people. Um, you know, I was kind of like a dog chasing a car. I, I, I caught the successful business. And now what do I do with it? I, um, uh, we're growing. I don't know a lot about management, that kind of thing. So in my in my um, in my perspective, I would have. Take, I would have looked for jobs that would have prepared me to have a good foundation for owning a business. Um, so um, the obstacles were we got to a point I, I, I started my first company from the truck. Um, and I had a little bit of a background in the business because of my father. Um, and I wanted to own a business. Um, so we grew it to about a 20 employee company by sold it to service master when I was 29 or 30. Um, and the main reason I sold it was not for the money. I needed to get some corporate polish. Um, guys, when I tell you I was rough around the edges, I, I sound a lot more like a quarterback in a, in a, in a um, football huddle than I did a leader of a business. So I sold that to Service Master, moved to Memphis and was on the executive team, did mergers and acquisitions, learned a lot. Um, uh, the training that was available through Service Master was tremendous. Um, um, you know, and just calling back on what happened um, at tech was in some leadership positions. Um, I understood about how getting groups of people to move to a common goal. But I would say early on, I left a um, a trail of battered and broken relationships. And I would like to believe that over time, I've learned how um, to um, motivate our team members through a team concept. Um, you know, we're not yell and scream here. It's behavior modification. Um, living with consequences, having, having shared goals, um, that kind of thing. So um, circling back to your question, and that is, is that do things. If you, if you have that burning desire to be an entrepreneur or own a business, um, try to zero in on what it is you love doing and then try to seek out jobs that are going to help fill in those gaps that you need before you go, um, put your Vegas dollars on your business and understand that only five out of a hundred is successful. Those are not good odds, guys. You improve your odds by building your foundation before you go and get there. So.
that basically almost answers the next question, which was what advice would you give to someone who wants to start their own business? Yeah, no, I, so, so build the foundation, right? I would, um, I would suggest that you go buy a book here again, leaders, you know, um, one of the things I'll, I'll say is, is that, uh, I truly believe you'll, you'll be changed every five years by the people you meet and the books that you read. Okay. Well, there are relationships I've built at tech that I am still very close with folks there in the river Valley. Um, when I, when I speak of Johnny Morgan and, and Norman and Carol Watson and, and, and I, the list is just so long guys. I have, I have 20 to 30 people. Those folks changed my life. You know, I could talk about professors and administrators and, and all of that. Well, every five years, you're going through a cycle of meeting new relationships. What are you doing with those relationships? Um, so you'll be changed every five years by the relationships you build and make and the books you read. If you are seriously considering starting a business, don't wait 10 years from now. Go buy a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber and read it. <laughs> and and reread it and then go look at his book called E-Myth Mastery because it will prepare you and let you know and understand what's ahead of you if you want to have a successful business. Um, uh, the thing I love about the book is uh, there are so many people that want to start a business um, that have what Gerber calls an entrepreneurial seizure. And what that means is, hey, I'm going to start a business and they have absolutely no plan. And what they're really what they're really saying is, I don't like what I'm doing, so I'm going to do something different. OK, so um, after you read that book. And you're gaining your foundation and you're learning how to work with people at, on your new job and these different jobs you're going to take over the next 10 years. What's the biggest problem you want to solve in the business community? Okay. What, what, what problem do you want to solve? And then are you creating any value in the marketplace that somebody will buy? Because truth matter is nobody's going to buy from you um, unless these three questions are answered. Number one is, hey, does value exceed price? And the second one is, do I want you for my problems? And then the third one is, is it affordable? I don't care what business you talk about or think about. If those three things don't exist, you're not going to buy. Okay. It's just not going to happen. So it starts with what problem are you solving? And then at that point, what do you love doing? I didn't say like doing. What is it that you really want to do with your life? And if there's a business around that, then go for it. Okay. Write a plan, read the book, that kind of thing on, on the e-myth. But the one thing I learned in my business is I, it's a shock. I've got, I've got an accounting background, a marketing background. Um, plumbing and air conditioning never was my love. Okay. Um, um, I, I kid with my wife about, hey, I bet your um, your goal in life was to find a plumber um, that you could spend the rest of your life with. And um, but what I learned over time was is what my unique ability is is to get teams of people 
to believe in themselves and work to a common goal. Well, guess what? I can plug that into any business, right? We just got to get the right people in, in, on the team. So um, that's what I do best. The second piece that you need to know in, in starting a business is, what do you suck at? What are you terrible at? What, I mean, and then admit it because I'm going to tell you entrepreneurial uh, folks, um, there's, they, they, they may tend to be a little narcissistic. Okay. Um, I'm really giving you under the hood here. Um, and I hope that, that, that things have changed for me, but so, at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, you know, not only do I suck at that, I'm not good at it. Um, I don't like doing it, right? So good leaders build teams that bring A players to that problem and they complement the team. Um, so um, second, second set of books, I would tell you the next problem is, um, is uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team written by Patrick. Uh, I may butcher his name. I think it's Lean Connie or Lean. Lee and Connie, I think, is, is the way you pronounce it. I'm, I'm sure I've probably butchered his name. I apologize. But he also has another book called um, that, that addresses CEOs or leaders in the company. Spends a whole chapter or two on this whole thinking the world revolves around you. It, you're the center of the universe and it's it's not a winning, uh, winning uh, concept. So um, I've, I'm always going to give you a couple books. Um, so, you know, E-Myth and Five Dysfunctions of a Team um, uh, would be something I'd read. So have we just gone way over time now? I, 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 you don't, you're not going to get a yes or no answer out of me. That's for sure, Leslie. You're fine. But I do want to thank you, Brent, for coming today and sharing your story as a first-gen student at Arkansas Tech and giving advice to students about being at school and having their own business. And I hope everyone who is listening uh, was able to learn from Mr. Garrett today. And please make sure to check out our social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we are Arkansas Tech First Generation Student Experience. And on Instagram, we are ATU First Gen. Stay tuned for our next episode on First Gen's Table Talks with Leslie Mendez. Then you can stop.